0: Hello, this is Justin Coleman, Senior Pastor at University UMC, and this is our podcast. I hope these messages engage your mind, touch your heart, and inspire you to serve God and your neighbor. Check us out online at universityumc.church. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Just a couple words before uh, the announcement we're happy to have as uh, guest organist this morning, Susan Measer. Uh, Susan and Chancellor Meiser are no strangers uh, to Chapel Hill and we're delighted to have you here uh, with us this morning. Uh, the second thing to say, at, at reiterating what Toby said, is please come to this fun Faith Force uh, Bible study on Monday evenings. It'll be on Zoom. Uh, I'll be there participating. Uh, Pastor Jameson will be there many uh, Mondays participating as well. should be really fun if you're at all a fan of Star Wars or sci-fi. Uh, and the, the third thing I want to say before the message is a thank you to everyone who took us up on the um, uh, reading through the Gospels challenge last week last Sunday, uh, I challenged folks to start reading from uh, Matthew one and just do a chapter a day and it's been so fun because uh, people have been emailing me and asking me questions about uh, different chapters. I love that, and so I would encourage you to continue on in it if if you didn't start with us last Sunday, just join in today, Matthew chapter eight, and continue on in the Gospels uh, with us um, you Don't worry if you missed a few, just jump in right where we are at. Um, this challenge reminded me um, of a story i heard of a, of a pastor who um, said to his congregation hey uh, in preparation for worship on sunday i want you all to read mark chapter 17. and so on sunday morning he said all right who's read it with me and like the congregation's hands just flew up and he said um okay uh, just want to, you to know there's no Mark 17 in the Bible, uh, and today's message is about sin, uh, so let's go. Well, there's no gotcha there with me on this Bible reading program, but today we are going to be talking about sin, how Jesus welcomes sinners, and as we do so, please go with me to the Lord in prayer. Dear gracious Lord, I pray that you would speak through me and perhaps even in spite of me, So let the humble words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Uh, During the summer, uh, there was a sermon series while I was on sabbatical about the seven deadly sins. And so uh, for those who journeyed through that sermon series, you've come this morning thinking, they're talking about sin again? Uh, I thought this was a Methodist church. Uh, This is all we talk about these days. Um, and But because I missed out on it, I just really wanted to have my turn, and so we're going to do it. Uh, today in our scripture reading, it's a, a familiar passage to uh, some of us uh, talking about Zacchaeus. Now how do most of us know about Zacchaeus? So if you've ever been a part of a, a, a vacation Bible school program or a children's summer camp, you might have sung a song about Zacchaeus. I really need Miss Rebecca up here uh, to help me. I think it goes something like this. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. Oh yeah, y'all know it. So you're already starting to sing along. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. And so that's how he learned about Zacchaeus and how he climbed up on this sycamore tree to see Jesus. He was so concerned just to be able to see Jesus. But one of the things about this passage uh, that is really interesting to me is when you actually read through the passage, and it says in uh, verse 3. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he couldn't, see, uh, couldn't because of the crowd. The interesting thing is we don't actually know if Zacchaeus was short or if Jesus was short. I mean, see, so as you read through in, in English or Greek, whatever translation you read through, we're really unsure who this being a short man is directed to. And so it could be the key case that Zacchaeus said, I gotta get up on this tree because there's no way to see Jesus, because Jesus is height challenged. Um, or it could be the other way around. We, we, we don't know, but that, that alone begins to transform the way that we read this passage. And in any event, one of them was short. And so Zacchaeus climbs up this tree because he wants to see Jesus. And when Jesus came to that spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down at once. I must stay in your home today. And so Zacchaeus came down at once, happy to welcome Jesus. And then everyone who saw this grumbled and said, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner Jesus has gone to be the guest of a sinner and this is the problem This is the problem that we face over and over in the Gospels. Jesus is supposed to be this good, upstanding, religious man, this religious teacher that everybody is supposed to follow. He's supposed to talk about being a good person, being a righteous person, to be what God has called you to be. And it seems out of sync when people listen to Jesus. Because they say, this is what Jesus is teaching. This is who Jesus is teaching that we should be. And then I look over here and see who Jesus is hanging out with. He seems to hang out with the people who are opposite of his preaching. I don't get it. There's no other religious person. There's no other religious leader I know who would be caught dead hanging out with the people that Jesus always seems to want to hang out with the constant accusation of Jesus across the Gospels. Much less, he's hanging out with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is this this tax collector, and a very wealthy one. I mean, if you've been reading along in Matthew with this, you've already seen that people say, gosh, you'd be like those tax collectors and sinners. These tax collectors are always a highlighted group of sinners. They're not just the average, everyday sinners. They're just sinners that we hate so much that we really want to name them. They're so problematic in our society because of the way that they they steal from the rest of us, steal from people who are poor and people who don't always feel that they have enough. That yeah, steal so that they can line the their pockets. They're not just giving to Rome the regular tax. They're they're adding something on top of it. We hate tax collectors. They're the worst kind of sinner, and Jesus seems to want to hang out with this kind of a tax collector. Well, what this demonstrates to us, what it says to us, I think, is that to be inclusive like Jesus, and that's what this sermon series is meant to talk about, to be inclusive like Jesus means to seek to include people that the rest of us are often disgusted and outraged by. To include the people that many of us are outraged and disgusted by. To include these people who cause this disgust and moral outrage. And to anyone who is listening, who people have felt, um, you think, gosh, sometimes people see me and they think that who I am or what I've done is disgusting, or people have been outraged by who I am or what I've done, uh, what I, even what I do professionally, Jesus is for you. If you've ever felt that way. If you felt disgusted with yourself, outraged by what you have done? In that moment of of self-condemnation, pause and think, no, 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 Jesus is for me. And Jesus is showing up in a vivid way for me right now in this moment, in the midst of my brokenness. Because as we read about Jesus, that's where Jesus always seems to show up. And this inclusion is simply life-changing for the people that Jesus is around. It's life-changing for them. You know, sometimes our condemnation, our disgust, our moral outrage can drive people further into those outrageous or those disgusting habits or activities. I uh, used to live in 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 Houston, and in certain parts of uh, the uh, country, and in, indeed, in certain parts of. Houston, uh, you'd see these folks who were oil execs. And we had lots of oil execs in our, our congregation, people who'd, who'd, who worked in energy in some uh, kind of way, and you kind of see the way of life, and, and you kind of see some of the things that were being done. And some people just want to rage against these energy exec, executives who are, are fracking their way into wealth or something like that. And so you kind of wail against them well, if I come to church as a person like that and feel like I can't be here because of the way that people rail against me, well, I'm just going to go and do what I'm doing and not even worry about the ethical implications of that. If we uh, seek to exclude uh, people who need to move their way uh, into recovery of some sort, if we constantly condemn, well... uh, maybe I'll stay so far removed from community, I won't have anyone who actually helps me to move into that recovery journey. If there's a student in class that is just acting up over and over again, sometimes the more we punish that person and and make them feel excluded from the classroom environment, excluded from the rest of the school environment, that actually deepens those behaviors. But to include, like Jesus often, helps people move into a path of healing. I mean, why would someone want to adopt the morality of someone who treats them like they're dirt? Why would anyone want to do that? How is that motivational? But we all know that there have been times in church history, times today and in certain places where the the proclamation of the Christian message feels like that. It almost feels like it's pointing a finger saying, hey, you are dirty. What you have done is dirty. And if you want to be good and nice and clean and prim and proper like everybody else, like the rest of us, you've got to stop doing these things so that you can actually be a part of us. And, And that's not how Jesus operated. That's not how Jesus rolled when he was walking through. Yes, Jesus preached and talked about repentance. But it wasn't always this, hey, if you, if you repent in this way, then you can come and hang out with me. Often it was the opposite. So Jesus includes Zacchaeus. And everyone was grumbling. They were grumbling because uh, they're the finger pointers. I can't believe this, this sinner is going to host Jesus. And so then Zacchaeus stops and says to the Lord, Lord, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anyone, I repay them four times as much. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this household because he too is a son of Abraham. The human one came to seek and save the lost. Now sometimes how this is preached is saying that Zacchaeus says, look, What I'm going to do is I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone, I'm going to repay them four times as much. This is my way of showing repentance. But that's not actually what the passage says. He's not talking about something that he will do. He's talking about what he's done. Now, maybe he says this because he wants to justify himself in front of this crowd of grumblers and justify himself in front of Jesus saying, look, they say I'm bad, but look at all the good things that I do. Maybe it was that. But Jesus's response is not contingent on this. It's not contingent on uh, what Zacchaeus has done. Z- Jesus is already determined to go to Zacchaeus's house and to hang out with him. And so Jesus says this message not uh, just to Zacchaeus, but to the crowd who's listening as well. Salvation has come to this household because he too is a son of Abraham. It's really a blessing that he's offering to uh, Zacchaeus. Salvation has come to this household because he too, and he's, 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 begins this sentence by talking to to Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this household. And then he ends the sentence talking to the rest of the grumblers, because he too is a son of Abraham, he meaning Zacchaeus. And then again, he's talking, Jesus finishes this uh, phrase, talking to the people who were in this grumbling crowd. The human one, meaning Jesus, came to seek and save the lost. Jesus is saying, friends, I don't know what you don't get about this. This is why I'm here. Zacchaeus is why I'm here. If you feel lost, you are why I'm here. If you feel that you're a sinner and don't even, can't even figure a way out of your, your sinful behaviors, you are why I'm here. I'm going to be in relationship with you. I'm going to eat with you. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to journey with you. And this journey is going to be a journey of healing. This is absolutely why I'm here. You see, we want to be inclusive like Jesus because we want people who are like Zacchaeus to want to hang out with us. Zacchaeus wanted to hang out, With Jesus. He knew that everyone called him a sinner. He knew what kind of a holy person Jesus was, but because the way Jesus moved and lived in the world, Zacchaeus wanted to hang out with him. You know, one of the most awkward moments in a party that I've gone to incognito is when folks are kind of doing the whole like, hey, so what do you do? And I say, I'm a pastor. And it's an awkward moment because you can see people pause and kind of look up into the corner and they're thinking, how many times have I cussed in this conversation? Uh, What have I said in this conversation? I mean, they're just thinking through all of their interactions with me from the moment they saw me into that moment. And and it's it's really kind of a funny moment. But what that's about is this sense that, gosh, who I am when I'm being my authentic self might be different from what this fellow approves of. And so you kind of, they have that conversation, and they find some kind of way to back out of the room slowly. Uh, you know, just I I don't know, I didn't come here to talk with the pastor. I came here to have fun. That's, but that's not how it should be. That's not how it should be. Um, people who feel like they, they might have said something wrong or, or they might have done something that was not quite approvable in some kind of religious setting. So we want folks to, to run to be with us, to want to hang out with us, to want to invite us over to their homes, to want to invite us over to their parties, not fearing condemnation, but thinking, gosh, this person is going to be a good person to have in my life. That is what it means to be inclusive like Jesus. I'll finish on, on, on this note. So I posted a, uh, a couple days ago, and uh, we posted on our church social media an um, a, uh, interview, uh, that uh, podcast that uh, Greg Boyle and I um, uh, did together. And one of the things that he said that I really loved in this, this time when we're so used to getting doses and, and boosters, he was talking about healing. And he said, you know, uh, at Homeboy Industries, where, where he works, he says, Um, that people come for healing, but you don't find healing in just one place. It's not that you sit in one office and healing happens there. It's not that somebody sits in his office and healing happens there. He says healing happens in doses here. That's why it's so effective, that every time you sit with somebody, there's a dose of healing. And then you have another interaction with another staff member, and there's a little bit of a dose of healing. And then you have an interaction with one of your coworkers, and there's a little bit of a dose of healing. And so people come back day after day for these doses of healing, and they continue on in their healing journey. And I thought, that is exactly what Christian community is meant to be. As people interact with each of us, whether it be our co-workers friends, family members, neighbors, people that we meet as we're um, uh, just going into Sutton's and talking in the line that's forever long on Sunday afternoon just to pay for our meal, whoever it is, as an opportunity for just a little bit of a dose of healing. And so this is my challenge to us this week, to understand ourselves as a healing dose or a healing booster, each and every day when we get up and we move out into the day. And so I hope you'll be, you'll be looking to be that for someone, that you will step out with great intention and say, Lord, in whatever way is possible for me, please help me to be a little bit of a dose of healing for somebody today. Help me to offer somebody a smile, Help me to help someone to laugh. Help me to be someone uh, that, uh, a shoulder that someone can cry on. Let, Let me be someone that can be a listening ear for someone. In whatever way, Lord, help me to show a little bit of grace to at least one person today. And in so doing, be a dose of healing for somebody. I want you to know that each and every one of you, as I look around the crowd, each and every one of you has the great capacity each and every day to be a dose of healing. No matter where you are, no matter what you do. So my challenge is for each of us to be a little bit of healing for at least one person every day this week. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast you can visit us at universityumc.church where you can find services, events, and other ways you can get involved. Remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week. We hope the peace of Christ is with you. And we hope to see you soon.